Welcome to the Victory Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Gary Hart on our Labor Day weekend service. Well, we want to welcome you today to Labor Day weekend, right? Uh, The holiday that we celebrate as Labor Day became a federal holiday in 1894. Celebrated on the first Monday in September, it honors the movement and the contributions that workers have made to the strength, prosperity, laws, and well-being of the country. It is the Monday of the long weekend known as Labor Day weekend, and it is considered the unofficial end of summer in the United States. Groan, groan, groan. Here's some interesting facts about Labor Day that you may not know. Labor Day is called the unofficial end of summer because it marks the end of the cultural summer season. Many take their two-week vacations during the two weeks ending Labor Day weekend. Many fall activities such as school and sports begin around this time, right? And so we're thank you that you chose to have a staycation today. You stayed in Great Falls. You came to church this morning. We're glad about that. In the United States, many school districts resume classes around Labor Day holiday weekend. Many begin the week before, making Labor Day weekend the first three-day weekend of the school calendar. Come on, all the students said, yes. Uh, While others return the Tuesday following Labor Day, allowing families one final getaway before the school year begins. Many districts across the Midwest are opting to begin school after Labor Day. It's interesting. In the state of Virginia... The amusement park industry has successfully lobbied for legislation requiring most school districts in the state to have their first day of school after Labor Day in order to give families another weekend to visit amusement parks in the state. Interesting. In Minnesota, the state fair ends on Labor Day. And under state law, public schools normally do not begin until after the holiday, allowing time for school children to show 4-H projects at the fair and has been given one reason for this timing. Interesting. In U.S. sports, uh, Labor Day weekend marks the beginning of many fall sports. The National Collegiate Athletic Association teams usually play their first games that weekend. College football is back. FSU. We're going to have a prayer line for FSU people. Um, Yeah, Uh, and the National Football League traditionally play their kickoff game the Thursday following Labor Day. Come on, welcome back to NFL. Please rise for the national anthem. Just saying. Just, Just saying. I found this to be an interesting fact. Labor Day is the middle point between week one and two of the U.S. Open Tennis Championships. Who knew? Did you know that? So I'm watching them play tennis this week. Hey, look, look it's true, right? Uh, In fashion, Labor Day is or was considered the last day when it's acceptable to wear white or seersuckers. What is a seersucker? Is it a color? It's a suit? It's a suit? That, okay. It's, oh, okay. 
Anyway, you cannot wear white after this Sunday or seersuckers. I know what a yellow-bellied sapsucker is, but I don't know what a seersucker is. Um, to take advantage of large numbers of potential customers with time to shop, Labor Day has become an important weekend for discounts and allowances by many retailers in the United States, especially for back-to-school sales. Some retailers claim it is one of the largest sale dates of the year, second only to Christmas season's Black Friday. How many of you knew that? Let's go shopping at Herberger's tomorrow. Um, what are we going to do without Herberger's? Nordstrom's out, I heard. Nordstrom's, Macy's, Dillard's, Kohl's. Let's go for it anyway. Well, today, in light of Labor Day, I want to talk to us about a very important topic. I want to talk to us about work. Now, you got to give me some allowance today because it's been actually a month since I've preached. I haven't preached in a month, so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm loaded up today. And so, uh, we'll eat around noon. Just, no, no, we won't go quite that long. Maybe 10 till. Um, but anyway... Um, you know, the Bible actually has a lot to say about work. Did you know that work is actually considered by God to be a gift? Work is a gift from God to us. You see, work was God's idea. I don't know how many of you were of that, but God was the one who came up with this idea of work. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, God had created Adam and it said, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Now, do you have any single ladies out there? Single ladies? You got a single lady? Any single ladies? Come on, lift your hands up. Be more proud. All right? Put your hands down. Any single guys? Any single guys? All right, there's what you got to work with. All right, sorry. But anyway. Yeah. But, but. <laughs> Uh, let, me, let, me, let me just say this to all of our single ladies. I want you to notice something here in the scriptures, okay? Before God gave Adam a wife, he gave him a job. Just, I'm just saying, right? Uh, work was intended to be a gift from God. And we, we need to see that. That's how God created us. That's how he made us. He made us to work. And God said that we were to find enjoyment in our work. That's the way God originally intended it, was that we would enjoy our work. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 19, the Bible says, Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and be happy in his work, this is a gift from God. See, see we're, we're to accept what God has done, accept our lot, see work as a gift from God, and be happy in it. To, to be happy in the, the fact that I've got the ability to work. I've got the ability to earn an income. I've got the ability to, to make wealth. Come on, God gave you the ability to make wealth. And especially here in America's. If you are an American, 
You are in the top 5% of the wealthiest people of the world. It's true. God has given us this ability, and and we're we're to find joy in it. We're to find fulfillment in that. You see, it's interesting to me that in Genesis chapter 2, God gave Adam a job to work the ground and to till it and to keep it. It was only after the fall of man that work became a toil. God said, now after the fall, work is a toil for you. But aren't you thankful that Jesus came and redeemed us from the curse? Work doesn't need to be a toil for us anymore. Work should be a joy. It should be something that we actually look forward to. And sometimes it's our attitude towards work that determines our level of enjoyment. Right? Really, really. In many instances, that's what it comes down to. It's just our attitude toward it. You know, we, we, just, we just don't like it. We don't. I don't like this. I don't like the people I'm working with. And your attitude is just making your, your life and your work unenjoyable. And some of us need to just check our attitudes in and say, I need an attitude upgrade. Because God's intended for me to enjoy my work, enjoy my job, right? Now, now it is true that sometimes work sucks. It's just, you got a bad job. It's just, it, it is, it's just, it's a bad job, right? Now, even in a bad job, you still need to check your attitude, Right? But, but sometimes it's necessary maybe to make an adjustment. That's okay. If you got a bad job, get a different job. I'll never forget my first job. Uh, my, my first job. How many of you would, would guess what my first job was? Selling shoes? I was close. That's about my fourth job. Now, now you're going you're gonna to find this hilarious because if you were to look up the word religious in the dictionary my family's picture would be there. See, that's where we grew up. Well, I grew up in a very religious household. We didn't smoke, we didn't chew, we didn't go out with girls that do. Right? And, and, and we didn't go to movies, right, because you couldn't go to the movie house, because what would happen if Jesus came back and you were sitting in the movie house? And you definitely didn't go to bowling alleys. Because at bowling alleys, people smoked and drank. Ooh. And so you would hardly ever fathom the fact that my first job was in a bowling alley. It was. And, uh, you know, I used to sneak into the bowling alley to play pinball. 
He's a pinball wizard. Yeah, you got it. And, uh, and so I would go in, and, and I, used to, I used to love watching the, the people interact with it. I should have known back then that I should have been a pastor because I just loved interacting with people, and I loved the people behind the, the counter, and they, they'd give the shoes, and they'd take the money, and they'd, they'd, they'd be happy, and if someone's pin didn't stand up, you'd run down the little, uh, and set the pin back up, and you run back up. Everybody loves you, right? I figured, oh, what could be better than that? So I applied for a job. And I got there, and the, the owner says, are you ready to get to work? I said, yeah, I'm ready. He says, follow me. And he took me behind the bowling machines. He handed me a bottle of cleaner and a rag and said, start cleaning the machines. I said, really? Yeah, just clean the machines. All the 16 machines, just, just start cleaning them. I said, okay, so... I start cleaning the machine. Four hours went by, had my lunch. Keep cleaning it. So God, I'm trying to, by myself. This is this horrible. Horrible. I'm a guy, I need to interact. When do I get behind the counter? When do I get to meet people? When do I get to interact? I cleaned machines all week long. And I thought, this is not for me. So I had to find another job. And I found part of my calling in my second job. Little Big Men Pizza. Come on, now I'm interacting with people. I'm, I'm learning how to make, and I, I learned my culinary beginnings from, from Little Big Men Pizza. Yeah. See, sometimes it's okay to, to make a change. If your job's not fitting you, you know, think, what can I do? I had a sister here telling me today she's going back to school to get her bachelor's degree so she can improve herself, so you can get a different or a better paying job. Come on, think beyond where you currently are. Work is a gift from God. God intends us to work. God, God wants us to enjoy it. So find something that you love to do that adds value to the other people and then live to, to love it. God expects us to work. God expects us to work. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10, Paul wrote these words, For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. He even gets a little bit stronger later on in that he says, If a man won't take care of his own family, he's worse than an unbeliever. If you won't take care of your family, you've denied the faith. You are worse than an unbeliever. God expects us to work. So how should we work? This is a really good question. How should we work? With excellence. Come on, that's what we, that's what we need to do. Whenever we, we go to work, we need to have an excellent spirit. We need to do the very best that we can. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Excel in your work. Give it your very best. Do, 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 do the best that you can. Make it, make it as excellent as you possibly can. Don't be lazy. Don't be the lazy worker. Come on, am I helping you today? 
You're saying, man, I came to church to get something else. I didn't come to get this, you know. Here's the Bible. I said, this is the Bible. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 9. One who is slack in his work is a brother to one who destroys. One who is slack in his work is brother to the one who destroys. See, we're not here to tear down. We're not here to make it less. We're here to make it better. We're, we're here to do the best that we, we possibly, possibly can. You see, the truth of the matter is we are representatives of his kingdom. Hello? You, as a follower of Christ, are a representative of his kingdom. And so how you work reflects him in your life. Go ahead, turn to the person next to you and say, ouch. Right? The way you work is a reflection of him. As an employee, you should be the best employee that your company has. Your boss ought to know that there is favor on his business because you are one of his employees. They should be so thrilled and overjoyed that you're a part of their team because of the way that you work. And in the New Testament it says, work and give your best, not just when people's eyes are on you, right? But when they're not. Because whether anyone's watching you or not, there is someone watching. He's watching. And it's really to him that you're working. Isn't this good? So we're giving our very best in Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. So whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Give it your very best because ultimately you're working for him not for men and so you should give the best customer service not because the customer deserves it but because you're working for him you, you should give the, the, the eight hours of, of work for eight hours of pay to your boss not because He's worthy of it because he's worthy of it. Right? Be on time. Hello? Why? Because you're working for him. And you should be the very best at what you do. And it's interesting, in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 20 and 29, it says, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. I'm sorry, that's not the scripture. I, I got a different scripture. But anyway, that's a good one. But this one's out of uh, 1 Corinthians, I think. It says, it, it was he, I'm sorry, we do not dare classify or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. So, so here's, here's the point. And we don't work comparing ourselves to other workers. When, when you compare yourselves among yourselves, you're not wise. We compare ourselves to him. 
how would he want us to work? Well, you know, they're sloughing off, so I'm going to slough off. You know, they spent 15 minutes at the water cooler today, so I'm going to spend 15 minutes at the water cooler today. Right? They, they, they checked out early, so I'm going to check out early. No, we, we don't compare ourselves to others. That's not wise. We give God our very best because he is worthy of it. Amen? This is a lot better than you thought you were going to get today, isn't it? I'm telling you, right? So we're here, we're here to celebrate the American worker. We're here to, to say thank you for your, your work, your toil. We're here to say thank you for the movement and the contributions that you have made to the strength, prosperity, laws, and well-being of our country. But today, we also want to celebrate another kind of work. There is work in the kingdom of God. <laughs> There's work in the kingdom of God. And here's where a lot of people, they, they don't understand this. But there's work to do in God's kingdom. In the book of Ephesians, chapter number 4, verses 11 and 12, you may be familiar with the scripture, but it says, It was he, Christ, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body may be built up. It's my job as a pastor to prepare and equip you to do the work of the ministry. It's not my job to do the work of the ministry. It's your job to do the work of the ministry. There is a work for each and every one of us in the kingdom of God. And God expects us to work. And God has given us work in the kingdom of God as a gift. And we are to enjoy that. Come on, we're to enjoy the work that he's given us to do. It's really interesting. Uh, in the book of Exodus, chapter number uh, 18, if you read the story later on, it's the story of uh, Moses and the children of Israel. Moses was, had led them out of Egypt and now they're in the wilderness, and, uh, and Moses has kind of set himself up as the shell answer man. If anyone has an issue, they bring it to Moses. So Moses is spending all day long answering people's issues. Now, can you imagine a million people <laughs> lined up for miles waiting for an appointment with Moses? Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, comes along. I like that, Jethro. Jethro Bodine. And, uh, and, uh, and Jethro shows up and says, Moses, what are you doing? Why have you set yourself up as the only person who can answer people's issues? You're the only one that can minister to people. Why are you doing this all by yourself? You're going to wear yourself out, and the people are going to go away frustrated because they're not getting their needs met. So here, J Jethro says, let me, let me give you some wisdom. Listen now to my voice, verse 19, and I will give you counsel and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people. Stand before God for the people. 
so that you may bring the difficulties to God and teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. He said, you are the people's representative before me. So you bring their issues to me and I'll speak my word to them through you. But you're also supposed to teach them the word of God. Show them the way they're to walk and the work they must There's a way God wants us to walk. There's a way he desires us to live. And that's what we intend, we, we attempt to do every, every Sunday morning. We try to teach you God's word and, and try to show you and demonstrate to you how God would have you to live your life and the work that he has called each and every one of you to do. We are all called to work. Back in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16 it says, from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does its work. There is a work for each and every one of us to do. So the question is, how should we work? <laughs> Just like in our secular work, our work for God should be both excellent and our very best effort. Remember at the beginning of this message, I told you that Labor Day is a celebration that honors the movement and the contributions that workers have made to the strength, prosperity, laws, and well-being of the country? Well, today, we not only honor that, but we wish to honor the movement and the contributions that workers have made to the strength, prosperity, laws, and well-being of the church. This is our Labor Day celebration for what God has accomplished through our lives. And as we approach the fall, we invite everyone to step up to the plate and to give God your very best. How many remember the story of Nehemiah? Do you remember the story? Nehemiah was a cupbearer. For the king, and he had heard that the walls in Jerusalem had been broken down, and he was grieved. He, he had a heart. He wanted to rebuild the walls. And so he asked for favor from the king to allow him to go back to Jerusalem. And God gave Nehemiah favor with the king, and the king said, Yes, go back to Jerusalem, and I'll, I'll even help finance it. Come on, somebody. That's really good. And, uh, and so Nehemiah goes and he gathers the people in Jerusalem and says, God has sent me back here to lead the charge to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And in Nehemiah chapter number 4, verse 6, it says, So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people 
had a mind to work. The people had a mind to work. God has called us to build the wall in Great Falls. That was a much better point than you responded. (laughs) God's called us to build the church in Great Falls. God's called us to do that. I I mean, I've told you this before, but, you know, this this isn't the end. This... We're here. We're thankful for the building, but this isn't it. That wall's got to come down. We got another whole phase to build on the other side of this wall. And we've got a, a phase out back here that we, we've yet to build. Thousands of people are still awaiting the opportunity to come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a responsibility to our city to build the wall. The question is, do we have the mind to work? Do we understand that there's a work in the kingdom of God? That each of us is called to play our part. And that only when every person has the mind to work with excellence and giving our very best, can we together do what God has called us to do? Later on in Nehemiah, did you find this scripture, Phil? I didn't put the reference in my... But in the journey, they're building the wall. And some guys came along, uh, a guy by the name of Sanballat, and Geshem. There's a couple names for those of you who are pregnant. Uh, if you want to consider. Yes, here's my son. His name is Sanballat. Right? Uh, uh, probably not, right? Um, but these guys came along and, and wanted to distract Nehemiah and the people from building the wall. And look what it says here. Sanballat Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. If anyone ever wants to meet you on the plain of Ono, just say, oh no. <laughs> but they were scheming to harm me. Look what this says. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? I am carrying on a great work, and I cannot come down. I cannot come down. Ladies and gentlemen, what we are invested in here at Victory Church is a great work, and we cannot come down. Why should we come down? Be distracted from what God has called us to when there's so much yet to be accomplished. We cannot come down because the work that we are doing is a great work. Pam and I had the, the 
opportunity to get away this week. And so we, we got on a plane and we flew down to, to Las Vegas. Las Vegas is a troubled city. They're in trouble. <laughs> but in the midst of the trouble, there is a creative genius that is at work in that city. I'm telling you. We went to a couple shows, Donnie and Marie. It's a great show. We went to um, the Beatles, Love. Circus Olay. And while I wasn't overly impressed with the show because I'm not really a huge Beatles fan, ah, I'm just not that. But the creativity, the way that the, they, they orchestrated everything from the, from the movements to the lights to the, to the Workers and, and and it was just it was amazing to see all of it just flow together in this this majestic creative genius production. And yes, there were performers, but it wasn't just the performers. There were people on lights. There were, there were people moving st- sets on the stage. There, there, were, there was someone who came up with the creative movements and, and all of that kind of stuff. People were playing their part and it all came together in an incredible production that just, just boggles your mind. And ladies and gentlemen, what we are doing here at Victory Church is of far greater significance than what's happening in Las Vegas. Where is our creative genius? Where where are the workers to do things that attract and draw and amaze people so, so that they want to hear the gospel? Is this okay? It's interesting in my devotional reading. um, I'm reading in the book of Exodus right now. This morning in my reading, I came across Exodus chapter 35. Look look what it says here in, in chapter 35, beginning at verse 30. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, Of the tribe of Judah, and has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of artistic craftsmanship. And he has given both him and Aholiab, there's another name for you. If you Aholiab, son of Ahisamech, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. Wow. He has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as craftsmen and designers and embroiderers in blue and purple and scarlet yarn and fine linen and weavers, 
all of the master craftsmen and designers. So Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary are to do the work just as the Lord commanded. See, here's what I believe. I believe that the Spirit of God is on your life. And that God has placed gifts and talents and abilities in you that haven't even been tapped into. Many times because you never thought they could be used in the church. We can do it to build a trillion dollar casino. Why can't we do it to build a great church that is impacting not only Great Falls, but the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ? It's in you. Each and every one of us has a part to play. We need to dare to begin to believe that the creative power of the Holy Spirit is coming upon our lives to do what we've never even dared to dream that we could do as a church, as a people. Victories best days are yet ahead of them. The most incredible works, the victory church is still ahead of us. But it's going to take all of us allowing the Spirit of God to flow in and through our lives. We are doing a great work and we cannot come down. Let me leave you with this one last scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Father, today, God, it is our sincere prayer. You would open up the eyes of our understanding so that we might see more clearly the work that we are called to do. Together, we are better. Together, we can accomplish more than any one of us by ourselves. Today, Father, you are calling us together to see the work that lies before us. Everyone has a part to play. Everyone has a gift to share. 
Some are in front. Others are behind the scenes. But Father, even the behind the scenes are so important because it only makes what's in front come more alive. So Father, it is our prayer today God, that you would lead us, that you would show us, that you would fill us and lead us in your love to those around us. God, we pray it in Jesus' name. Would you stand? Come on. Let's sing this together again. Come on.